Welcome to the Anchored Voice. This is a podcast helping men to anchor life. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Tu. Welcome to the program. Everybody, this is Dr. Phil Tu, and I am your host for The Anchored Voice, helping men to anchor life. Before I start this podcast, this podcast is recently after the death of Kobe Bryant. I just want to take a nine-second Mona silence to um, respect the lives of the nine individuals who were on this helicopter crash. Thank you, everybody. Uh, this is one emotional time in our life where we have lost a superstar, a legend in basketball. Now, as we find this very emotional, uh, there are a lot of people out there as Christians or as having religious beliefs uh, that are watching the world grieve right now over nine lives. This is a critical time in history because so many things are happening and it's easy to talk about the last days and this is part of the last days, but I'm going to let you know the last days hurt. It's bringing on a lot of pain and it's bringing on a lot of grief. And as a pastor, as a counselor, as a leader, and as an entrepreneur, how do we deal with this life of grief? How do we cope with this? It just seems as if there's just grief in the air and we're learning how to cope with it each day. Some people are learning how to cope with it by criticizing somebody else's grief. Like, why are you grieving over this man? This was his life and they're going on and, you know, have hope in the uh, second coming of Christ. And yes, I get it. This is uh, a moment to have grief, um, you know, wonder, do I have hope in Christ or have faith? But having grief does not mean I don't have faith. I just need to let you know that. Anybody who's criticizing anybody's grief has not really experienced grief. Now, as a pastor, I've done plenty of funerals. I've seen plenty of people die. I've been at the side of the bedside uh, where people have pulled the plug and I have seen people's last breath. Um, I've seen people in my own family pass away and I was there in the room. Grief. And before even some of the family members died, uh, I felt the pain. I had to go and cry it out. We as church folk have learned how to not cry. And being a man, sometimes you learn how to not cry. You hear the term man up. You know, get yourself together. Be strong for your family. But what do you do when you just need to let go of emotions and you just need to cry? I want to let you know, man, it's okay. You know, you know, not too many people have told you it's okay, but it's okay to have emotions, to feel pain. I don't care how hardcore you are. I don't care the most gangster you are. You're going to cry. You're going to feel some emotions, and that is natural. I need to let you understand that when you've lost a friend or when you have lost a family member, when you've lost your child, you grieve in ways that people don't understand. There is no such thing... Uh, regarding grief as get over it. There is only get through it. You can't get over grief. You can only get through grief. 
And this is the message I wanna let you know, you cannot get over grief. It just takes time that you can get through it. And even after time, it still hits you, it still hurts, but it hurts less over time. However, everybody grieves differently. So go on and grieve. As a matter of fact, in the Bible days, uh, when somebody died, they were actually paid people to cry, to get other people to get their emotions out because people were trying to hold back their emotions. They were trying to hold back their tears. If you watch Good Times back in the day, uh, you know there was a lady that showed up at the door and she was crying, she was weeping, but she was pretty much a paid mourner to help people cry and get through their grief. It's okay, listen, there is grief in the air right now and I understand it. I wanna help you anchor through that grief. I wanna help you anchor through that moment of pain. Now, I'm gonna open up to you right now. At the time that Kobe died, um, my father had gone into the hospital. My father is dealing with cancer. They're not giving him the best news. And every time I think about it or you know, I have to hold back some tears or I have to really get through this moment because I have to be strong to pray him through, but it hurts. And the same day Kobe goes in, my father's in the hospital. So I have visions of him in the hospital bed and I'm here in Bermuda in my hotel room and I can't do anything about it. The day before my son has to go get checked out and the doctor, he's going through some stuff and I believe he's getting through it. I'm not so worried, but some things can be overwhelming. And so when I'm sitting in the restaurant, I have tears going down my eyes because there's nobody to share that grief with me at that moment. I needed that time by myself, but I needed to feel the emotions. I needed to feel the pain. And that helps me help, helps me to grieve with others. If you can't grieve with others, it's gonna be hard for you to understand what other people are going through. So when a megastar dies in such a tragic fashion as this, you're not just grieving because it was a legend that died, you're grieving in the fashion that he died. You're grieving in the fact that his daughter was on the plane when he died and you're grieving because his family, his other daughters and his wife is home not being able to say goodbye not knowing that the last moment they would have with him is that last conversation. Thank God, Kobe is in church right before. You could judge him what kind of church he went to or what kind of service he went to, I don't care. He was in the presence of God, he had God on his mind, and uh, that's what matters at the end of the day. And I can't even look at him, where will I be when it's my last moment? Where will I be when it's my last time? I don't know, I'm hoping that I would have prayed that morning. I'm hoping I would have had a conversation with God that morning. Because you can only handle the day that you have. How do you handle the day that you have? I wanna take a reflection on Kobe's life. Uh, there have been a lot of uh, writers, newspaper, they have written about his life, about uh, his case back in the day that brought him a lot of shame and brought his family a lot of shame. And let's be honest, he messed up. He messed up big time. And he probably deserved every criticism and everything that he got. 
he messed up. We can truly be honest, he messed up, but he knows he messed up. So I don't need to remind anybody that he messed up because he knows he messed up. And the great thing about Kobe is that he acknowledged where he screwed up his life and he worked just as hard on the court of his life as he did the court of basketball. He worked hard to rebound from his mistake and his mistake that was blown out there. He worked hard, he lost money, he lost pride. He almost lost his family, but thank God, his family was still there for him, even in the midst of his worst moment, moments that were against his family. How do you learn from Kobe? See, you can look at him and judge him all you want. You can bring up his past all you want, but I hope that when you do that, it helps you do a lot of self-reflection. It is hard for me to look at a man who went out there and won five uh, finals, trophies, MVPs, um, worked hard on the court. It's hard for me to look at him and judge him without looking at myself. He worked hard to recover from the mistakes that he made. He worked hard to be a family man. He worked hard to win championships. He worked hard to mentor other young players who were striving for the same goal to be like him. If you watch the TNT special between him and Matt Barnes and another player, uh, another former player, you'll hear him say the first three years of his career, he was pretty much benched and did not have a lot of playing time. And so uh, somewhere along the line, he broke his right wrist and um, he had to go to the gym still. He just still went to the gym, still worked out, and he worked on his left-hand shot. If he could not use his right hand, he started working on his left-hand shot. And he became so great at the fadeaway. He became so great at shooting from different angles because he did not let adversary keep him from working hard. Working hard is the key. Working smart is the key. Can you say that your life, in your life, you really helped to better your life after a mistake, before a mistake? Are we working hard at our game? Are we working hard at who we are? Listen, Kobe worked on his defense and his offense. Now, his offense was also his defense because whenever the defense was against him, uh, he knew how to do a fadeaway so he can go back. And no matter how many hands are in his face, he still knew how to make the clutch shot. That is the goal I want to have in my life. That's the goal, that no matter what adversary is in my face, when it looks impossible, I want to have the fadeaway of faith. Okay, the fadeaway of faith that I can step back and still take my shot and still be clutch even in the last moments. I want to have an offense so good that no matter what the defense is, I'm still going to score. I want to have a defense that um, no matter what weapon is formed against me, it will not prosper. Now, understand the defense in spiritual terms. God says um, that in um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 13, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Meaning that your armor, not necessarily for you to fight like Muhammad Ali, not necessarily for you to knock somebody out like Mike Tyson, 
and they were great, phenomenal. Joe Lewis, great, phenomenal. Rocky Marciano, great, phenomenal. But God wasn't asking you to put on the gloves so that you can fight. He was saying put on his armor so he can fight. The greatest uh, problem for a man is allowing somebody higher than them to fight. Now, it probably wouldn't be a problem for me if I had a big brother and I was about to get jumped and my big brother stepped in and, and fought for me because it is a man's pride to learn eventually how to fight. And you can fight. It's just sometimes the spiritual fight is not yours. Um, this emotional fight is not yours. You're going to need somebody bigger to step in and be your partner and help you mentor you along the way. Now, uh, I want to go back to a lot of people judging who Kobe is and people's grief. Be careful that you judge somebody's grief. Look inward. Are you improving your life? Are you becoming stronger in your life? Huh. Whatever you think of his life, let's say you didn't approve of his life. Imagine the person that dies and you didn't approve of their life. I need you to keep in mind Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel 33, 11 says, the sovereign Lord says, I seek no pleasure in death of the wicked, but that they turn from the evil ways. Why would you die, O Israel? God seeks no pleasure in death of the wicked, meaning I might feel grief. I might feel bitterness. I might feel anger towards somebody. But if I am truly trying to be like God, I cannot seek pleasure in death of anybody. I don't care what you think of their life. It is really hard to take pleasure in anybody's death. I don't care if you thought they were a part of any secret society. I don't care if you thought they were of the devil. Everyone is still God's child. There's a lot going on in the atmosphere. We've got Snoop Doggy Dog making a gospel album. We've got Kanye West preaching on the street corners, and I don't know what to think of their conversion. I don't know what they're going through, but I know something about God is in the air. I know something about this atmosphere, that God is doing something, and we've got to be ready. Now, I might cry. I might feel some emotions. I might feel some pain. I might ask you to pray for me because I can't handle some of the things that are overwhelming me right now. But I can be assured my faith is telling me that God is doing something and he's still in control. So here I am. I'm the anchored voice. What is the anchored voice? The anchored voice is no matter how much trouble is going on, the sea uh, is rough. I'm looking outside in Bermuda. I'm looking at the ocean. I'm looking at a lot of boats outside. Now, a lot of boats are in the water and sometimes in the midst of the water. And no matter how rough the rains and the winds come, that boat is still there. Why? Because it has an anchor. It has an anchor holding it in place no matter the rough weather. The anchor is about holding us in place no matter what is going on around us. The anchored voice is to bring some reasoning to the pain, to the emotions, to the anger that is going on in our society, whether it be impeachment. You know, right now at this point, impeachment is a sidebar conversation. It's not even something that's big because of the way we're feeling right now. But guess what? None of this should stop us from going out there and be anchored 
to our focus, being anchored to our career, being anchored to God, especially be anchored to God because he is the one that's going to hold you steadfast. How do you hold steadfast? How do you anchor life when you thought life was going one way, but it's going a whole different direction? How do you anchor life when you expected things to play out uh, certain ways and you thought that you were going to make money doing this. You thought your career was going to help you do this and things went awry. Your family went awry. You got into a divorce that cost you more money. Now you're working twice as hard just to stay afloat. What do you do in those times? How do you anchor life through that time? Through these podcasts, I hope to help you through that. I hope to not only help you, but I'm a person going through emotional grief. I'm a person anchoring my life through the storms that come my way. But I pray that this podcast will be a nature and a help to whoever's in need of it. Maybe you don't feel like you need help. I want to be at least an encouragement. Maybe I want to encourage you to just keep going on the path that you've been taking. You're starting a business. You've started a new job. You're going in for an interview. I want to let you know to keep going and don't give up. I want to let you know that you are stronger than you think. I want to let you know that whatever is bothering you from the past, it doesn't have to take over your future. I want to let you know that it's okay to grieve, it's okay to be angry, it's okay to be upset, but I wanna help you anchor through this as I have learned how to anchor through this. I'm gonna be talking about time with my father, uh, sports bonds, uh, how sometimes sports brings fathers and sons together. Maybe it's fishing, maybe it's golf, maybe it's music, maybe it's just, um, race cars or soccer, it doesn't matter. It, you know, whatever is going to bring you together with your father. I will talk about some experience I've had with my father that has helped us to bond that I can bring up at any point and we can have a full conversation just based on one point. Ministry bonds my father and I. He's a pastor, I'm a pastor. Um, and I'll talk about some things I've learned just being a son of a pastor but also just being a son, learning to anchor life. Not everybody's life is perfect. I wanna let you know that. My life has not been perfect, and I'm sure somebody out there, your life has not been perfect. However, you have managed to get to this point. And if you're listening to this podcast and you have gotten through uh, the 18 minutes of this podcast, then guess what? You have anchored through life. You have done the impossible already. You are already a miracle. I remember when my cousin died in the 1980s. He was 18 and he was murdered. And um, I remember getting to 18 and wow, I made it to 18. Then when I made it to 19 and 20 and 21, I said, wow, I made it. And it's not like I was living the life of you know, the streets, or I wasn't living in any situation. I was living in the suburbs, but I'd go to Brooklyn a lot. I'd go to Queens a lot. I'd go to different places. And death can get you anywhere, anytime, anyway. It doesn't have to be through violence. It could be through an accident. Uh, but when I got to, to about 21, I was just happy with God, like, hey, I made it. Um, 
So I want to help you. I want to help you. I want to help me. And maybe you will respond to me through email. I uh, want to let you know you can reach out to me, uh, Pastor Phil2, on Instagram. Uh, also, McGuire Entertainment Group on Facebook. Uh, McGuire Enter GRP on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, reach out to me anyway. Uh, let me know how you've enjoyed this podcast. You can go to my website, mcguireent.com. mcguireent.com. Um, if you need prayer for anything, I'm ready to pray for you. And uh, I pray that this podcast will be a resource for you and will be a powerful impact in your life. I'm Dr. Phil too, and this is The Anchored Voice. Let us pray. God, as we end this podcast, whoever is in need of power, strength, rest, wisdom, I pray that you grant it to them right now. In God's name, powerful, matchless name of our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you, everybody.